Welcome back, everybody. You are dialed into Tech Vibe Radio this very Friday night. We don't mess around on Tech Vibe. We bring in the coolest people from around Pittsburgh who are building tech companies, life sciences companies. You name it, they're building it. We're bringing them here on Tech Vibe Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsting from the Pittsburgh Technology Council, and I have a return guest to Tech Vibe Radio. It's been a couple years. Yes. And I'm pretty excited to have Mike Harris here from Cernostic. So, Mike, welcome back to the show today. Thanks, Jonathan. Great to be here and uh, on this great evening. Looking forward to the chat. Absolutely, man. So before we kick things off, let's get our listeners a little bit in the know about Cernostics. You're doing some really cool research, and the type of work that we need more of. You know, companies like yours are not easy to build, <laughs> yep. and they're solving really tough problems. So just fill our listeners in a little bit about what Cernostics is up to and what they do. Yeah, you bet. Uh, so first of all, Cernostics is a great Pittsburgh uh, life science success story. So we got founded in 2008, and uh, uh, some of our early investors included mm-hmm. the Pittsburgh Life Science yes. Greenhouse. So we're glad those guys are around because they were able to make investments in companies like yours to get Absolutely you off the ground. Absolutely great. So a big shout out to the PLSG there <laughs> yeah. and Jim Jordan. You bet. Jim Jordan and then uh, Innovation Works actually came along as well. They invested in our predecessor company, so ah, they actually are okay. an investor as well. And then last August, we got a new investment from UPMC Enterprises. Wow. So uh, really a lot of great uh, backing from the community in Pittsburgh. For sure. Uh, and in addition to those investors, we collaborate with the University of Pittsburgh, the clinical researchers there. Right, right, right. Um, and, and I'd say, you know, what, what makes Cernostics special, uh, the, the particular area yeah. that we work on, mm-hmm. is uh, computational pathology. Now, what so, is computational pathology? Yeah, I think big, I know what that means, but I'm not sure. Yeah, so so. If you think about the world of diagnostic testing, yeah. uh, even today, most of that is done by a pathologist looking through a microscope at a section, a section of tissue. Wow. And okay. uh, it's, you know, microscopes are yeah. fantastic, but they're 100-year-old technology. Right. There, there, there's, 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 there, there's errors that can happen there. Or not seeing everything that you could possibly see to get a really accurate that's I guess exactly right. Or, yeah. yeah, you know, you think about uh, what a pathologist can view visually; it's pretty limited, huh. and there's a lot of action happening on that. Uh, these tissue biopsies that come from cancer patients, or even uh, patients that uh, don't have cancer that are uh, maybe have some sort of precursor condition, like right, right, right. Barrett's esophagus, which we'll talk well, about. Exactly, that is your your bread and butter. There, yeah, that's our that's our first uh, product that we've developed is a diagnostic test that okay. predicts development of esophageal cancer and patients with Barrett's esophagus. But we'll talk about that. But on the pathology front, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, this is all about uh, really 20th century pathology meeting 21st century uh, computer power. Yes. So uh, mm-hmm. we've developed a technology platform called Tissue Cipher, uh, which is uh, a, a digital whole slide imaging software platform that simultaneously and objectively extracts thousands of pieces of information from tissue biopsies. Okay. Um, and we then use that high-dimensional data, which can include uh, structure information, morphology, what the right. pathologist can see on the, on the slide itself, but also biomarker expression data. So wow. we can evaluate okay. multiple uh, proteins and uh, evaluate all that cellular molecular activity from the tissue and use that data to help us better understand disease, better understand patient response to therapy, and uh, uh, better understand drug mechanism of action if we do a So it's hitting a number of different areas. That, Absolutely. Not, not just saying you have this type of a condition or this type of a cancer, but knowing, yeah, it goes so much deeper than that. Uh, very deep. So we can use that platform in many different clinical indications 
and the first indication we've gone after yeah. is uh, predicting development of esophageal cancer. How did you stumble upon esophageal cancer? I'm thinking there's all types of cancers out there. Yeah. People like you know, Why like that lung one? cancer and colon yeah. cancer, but esophageal. Yeah. I mean, and I'm, I'm assuming this actually affects a lot of people. It does. Uh, so it turns out esophageal cancer is the fastest growing cancer in the United States. What's up with that then? Yeah, it's being driven by uh, chronic obesity uh, uh. as well as reflux disease or heartburn. Is that uh, is heartburn kind of bad help, news? It kind of starts the, the the process of something becoming cancerous it, because it's always yep. irritating the tissue or something like that. That's exactly it. Okay. So there's there's literally tens of millions of people. Most of us suffer from heartburn every once in a while. Right. And usually it's no big deal. Very rare that it's going to be something significant. Yeah. But if you're somebody that suffers from heartburn on a regular basis, yeah. maybe it wakes you up at night. If you're eating Prilosec like cereal. Uh, then, if you're eating yeah. Prilosec like cereal, that's right. something you want to get checked out by a gastroenterologist. And uh, in response to constantly being bathed with acid, our esophagus can start to change like in its structure. In yeah. acid sounds so pleasant. Yes. Yeah, it's not not a good thing. So, um, and in that response, uh, it starts to change its structure, and okay. it can lead to this other condition called Barrett's esophagus. Uh, which is uh, puts somebody at a much higher risk for actually developing cancer. Right, and right, right. Barrett's is typically protective as it your esophagus starts to make goblet cells and, and goblet creates cells. mucus okay. that kind of coats the inside of the esophagus to protect it from all that acid. Right. Uh, but uh, it also becomes a major risk factor for developing cancer. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. And uh, there's probably in the U.S. Uh, at least um, – Three to four million people in the United States, they're in active screening programs for okay. uh, Barrett's esophagus. Three to four million people? Yeah, there's a wow, lot. And that no means joke. they've already been diagnosed with Barrett's. Okay. They're going to the gastroenterologist on a regular basis to get checked up on. Okay. Uh, and the GI doctor does an upper GI endoscopy. They take uh, pictures of the inside of the esophagus, see what's there. And they take biopsies of that uh, tissue and as well. And then that's where cernostics come in once there's a biopsy, that's right? exactly okay. it. So, uh, so typically, the current standard of care is those biopsies would get evaluated by a pathologist just looking through a microscope. Looking and at looking a slide, at like a million slides they see over the course of a day, right? That's right, yeah. Uh, but what we can do that's different uh, is we, we take a much uh, deeper interrogation of Ooh, those interrogating biopsies. the biopsies. Yeah. Make them confess what's really going <laughs> on, right? Yeah, that, good point. Um, so we look at uh, a series of specific proteins and a number of features that are uh, sort of being expressed in the biopsy. And the clinical data now that we've published um, uh, actually shows that our test, if it identifies somebody as high risk, that patient's almost 10 times more likely to develop esophageal cancer versus somebody who's considered low risk. Hmm. Uh, so it's a fantastic test to be able to identify these patients. Absolutely. And if we can give that information to the gastroenterologist, they can intervene. They, they can, can they can then make the corrective measures. I'm just reminding our listeners we're talking to Mike Harris from Cernostics, talking about some really interesting stuff here. So keep going. Tell us more about once the, you know, being able to have this information that Cernostics provides to the gastroenterologist, they can then make corrections and change treatments in order to stave off uh, potential cancer? That's exactly it. So uh, the Barrett's patient goes in, they get the endoscopy done, and if, if our test identifies that patient as high risk, they can do a number of different procedures. Uh, one of the most common ones is something called radiofrequency ablation. It just means that the GI doctor can 
in a sense, burn away the inside disease layer of the it's esophagus. The burning. We've had the words acid. Like <laughs> my esophagus feels like it's under attack right now. <laughs> uh, uh, but the good news is, if if the doctor can do that, then healthy tissue grows back in its ah, place, and that heals it up. Then, and yeah. you, you get a, a new lease on esophageal life. That's right. And, and I actually said that without stuttering control. it up, too. I'm very proud of myself. Uh, so that's that's the good news there. And yeah. if, if the doctor, we can give that uh, the physician that actionable information. Right. Uh, you know, we can really prevent people from getting esophageal That's cancer. what it's all about. And for you to build this company, like you said, this is almost, you're almost 10 years old. Yeah. And to build a company like this isn't just like an app company. And I love all companies, but I have a, I have a certain extra level of respect for someone in the life sciences and medical devices because you're working on some seriously long time horizons, doing some seriously crazy research, and you got to get paid while you do that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so to, to, to make all those hurdles is really tough and you're making those hurdles. Yeah, we That's are. That's very exciting to me. And uh, yeah, I appreciate that. It definitely is a marathon, not a sprint for a company yeah. like us. Most life science companies. I would feel like I'm sprinting a marathon, actually, if I were you. That's actually how I feel. Okay, typically. Exactly. I may you say it's a, a marathon, right now. but I'm sprinting almost every right. day. So yeah, no doubt. And we've been blessed with, uh, we've got some great um, uh, grant uh, support from both the state of Pennsylvania okay. uh, as well as uh, the NIH. We're in the middle of a $1.2 million uh, oh, wow. Phase two SBIR grant from okay. NIH. That's going to be a follow-up study we're doing with Cleveland Clinic and University of Pittsburgh. Awesome. Um, data on that will come out in another year or so. Um, so the grant support's been very, very important. But you're absolutely right, Jonathan, it, you know, to actually uh, develop a, and commercialize a test like this takes a lot of time and a lot of effort and significant dollars to do it right, so right. We, so how much? How much further to go before? What, what, what would be the soonest? And I don't want to jinx anything for you, but well, wait. it's already available. Okay, so we are uh, we're a Pittsburgh-based clinical reference laboratory. Uh, our our clinical lab uh, is at the University of Pittsburgh Applied Research Center. Okay, which is up Highway 28 uh, near the Turnpike, the old U Park, uh, the old right. U Park. That's yeah. right. And uh, so we're currently uh, taking samples uh, from physicians all over the country. Uh-huh. Uh, and testing them clinically, and then we send a report back to the GI physician. So, how, how are the physicians reacting to this? They got to be pretty pumped to get this much more level of data and know-how. Yeah, there's a lot of excitement in the space, uh, and uh, they absolutely love the fact that this test provides additional independent information that they just can't get exactly. by any other method. St- current histology is is very inadequate okay. in terms of its ability to risk stratify these patients. And our test, uh, you know, puts that power in their hands. Without a doubt. Uh, and that gives them the ability, hopefully, to identify these high-risk patients. And then the other side of the coin, actually, is that we, if the test identifies the patient as being very low-risk, okay, most of these patients with Barrett's never progress to cancer. So I if see. you're out there listening and you've got Barrett's esophagus, yeah. you know, don't be terribly concerned that you're going to get cancer tomorrow. Right. Right, if right. you're under the care of a gastroenterologist, that's where you want to be. Exactly. And again, most of these patients never progress, much less than 5% of all of them. So our test also, if it provides an answer that says you're very low risk, then chances are you're you can breathe a yeah, you can uh, breathe sigh of relief and yeah. say, okay, I'm not going to you know, uh, succumb and, and cool. uh, be, be forced to get uh, So, so we've, got about, we've got about a minute left. Now, what I've heard is April, right around the corner, is That's esophageal right. cancer month. Yep. Give us a couple of details about that and also your website so people can go and learn more about it. You bet. Uh, so, yeah, April is Esophageal Cancer Awareness Month, and uh, it's a great time uh, to take note and be aware. And if you've got family, friends out there that may be uh, suffering from a lot of chronic heartburn, 
make sure you talk to them. And if get to the doctor, yeah, have it checked out. Yeah, absolutely. Get to the doctor. Get to your primary care physician. Talk about it. And if it's uh, something he, he or she thinks is significant, they'll get you to the GI doctor to take a careful look. You can absolutely find out more information about Cernostics at our website, okay. www.cernostics.com. That's with That's a C there. C-E-R-N-O-S-T-I-C-S.com. Excellent. And uh, happy to uh, you know uh, follow up and hear from any patients or physicians that are out there in the community listening. Great stuff. Mike Harris from Cernostics. Appreciate you stopping by. Once again, thanks for fighting the good fight, building a great company here in Pittsburgh. Our hats are off to you, Mike. Thanks so much, Jonathan. It's great to be here. Absolutely. Hey, we're taking a quick break, but we are coming right back with more Tech Vibe Radio. I swear we have more on the way. Learn more about the Pittsburgh Technology Council by going to pghtech.org.